This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast on this Monday morning, July the 18th, 2022. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. If you haven't signed up yet for our uh, Affirm America podcast, you can run over to AffirmAmerica.com and sign up. You can also watch the 2000 Mules movie. It's free of charge right now. It's uh, up and running over there. We had a ton of rain over the weekend. It was uh, just raining cats and dogs, morning until night. The grass needed it. The flowers needed it. So it's uh, good. They call that the million-dollar rain here in the Midwest. The farmers needed it, and thank God we got some rain. All right, these are your top five headlines for this Monday morning. Let's start off with headline number five. South Dakota congressman proposes a bill blocking China from buying American agricultural companies. South Dakota Public Broadcasting. South Dakota's U.S. Representative Dusty Johnson wants to block some foreign interests from buying U.S. agricultural companies. He is co-sponsoring a bill that blacklists China, Russia, North Korea, and Iran. Foreign investments in American agricultural land have increased an average of 2.2 million acres per year since 2015. That's according to a report from the National Agricultural Law Center. Congressman Johnson's bipartisan legislation seeks to limit foreign influence in the American food system by blocking sales of companies. Johnson says these efforts would work in conjunction with his support of federal restrictions on land sales. From the Daily Wire, Johnson said that it was important to decouple critical industries like healthcare, energy, and agriculture from countries like China, who are seeking to displace America on the world stage. His comments come after a report earlier this month that a Chinese flavor and sugar substitute company, the Fu Feng Group, purchased 300 acres of land in North Dakota, just 20 miles from an Air Force base. The base, Grand Forks Air Force Base, is thought to be home to sensitive military drone technology, according to the New York Post. Okay, so this is a very good idea from uh, Representative Dusty Johnson. China has no business buying our land over here. We can't uh, trust the CCP. They do not have our interests, our best interests in their hearts. These are uh, an evil country, and the fact that they're buying up our land needs to be blocked, decoupled from China. We already know that they've been stealing our technology. They have a lot of their their healthcare products are being produced in China, and we see that we have problems in the supply chain, or they could just cut us off anytime they want. So uh, I think it's a good idea, and I think we should call our our congressman, and we should call uh, Dusty Johnson's office directly. And you can do that by the, reaching the uh, White House switchboard. Telephone number there is 202-224-3121. Let's give Dusty Johnson a little bit of love in supporting this bill that blocks China from purchasing our agricultural land. It's not a good idea, 
and I think it's a great uh, legislative bill, and I think it should be supported by all of us. So go ahead and give them a call today. Let him know that we support what he's doing, and let's stop China from purchasing uh, American land. All right, headline number four. Federal judge in Tennessee blocks Biden administration directives on transgender athletes' bathroom. From Reuters, a federal judge in Tennessee has temporarily blocked Biden administration directives allowing transgender workers and students to use bathrooms and locker rooms and join sports teams that correspond with their gender identity. From the New York Post, Judge Charles Atchley Jr. of the Eastern District of Tennessee ruled in favor of 20 Republican state attorney generals who sued last August arguing that the federal directives would make it impossible for states to enforce their own rules about gender athletes participating in girls' sports or assessing bathrooms. Ashley issued the temporary injunction until the matter can be resolved in the courts. As demonstrated above, the harm alleged by plaintiff states is already occurring. Their sovereign power to enforce their own legal code is hampered by the issuance of defendants' guidance, and they face substantial pressure to change their state laws as a result. Ashley, an appointee of former President Donald Trump, wrote in the decision released Friday, Oklahoma Attorney General John O'Connor called Ashley's ruling a major victory for women's sports and for the privacy and safety of girls and women in their school bathrooms and locker rooms. From the Epoch Times, the coalition of states argued in the suit that the Education Department's guidance improperly expanded on a U.S. Supreme Court decision in June of 2020 in a case called Bostock v. Clayton County. From Town Hall, the Department of Education concluded that because Title IX, which bars sex bias in federally funded educational programs, borrowed language from Title VII, Bostock also applied to schools. Therefore, the department suggested the court's decision should be applied to sex-segregated bathrooms. However, Judge Atchley disagreed. Well, of course, uh, men shouldn't be allowed in women's bathrooms. I mean, is that where we are here in 2022, that we don't know the difference between men and women and allowing who can go into a bathroom? It's absurd. And we need to stand up. We need to push back on these crazy ideas because it's outside the realm of common sense and the American people and how they feel about men using women's bathrooms. Not a hard thing to decide. It's not complicated. It's not confusing. It's very clear there's men and there's women, and those two should never be able to share the same bathrooms. All right, headline number three, CNN anchor asks the public to give Democrats grace. Fox News on Friday, CNN Inside Politics host John King urged critics to give Democrats some grace because their jobs are hard. King's urging for easier treatment of Democratic lawmakers came specifically in response to a Republican attack ad criticizing Senator Mark Kelly, Democrat from Arizona, for his reckless spending and accusing him of contributing to the current inflation woes impacting the U.S. From Newsbusters, analyst Alex Christie, CNN's John King complains it is much easier to be the opposition party. Give Democrats some grace. Governing is hard, especially 
when you have tiny margins. Well, John King is just crying crocodile tears because the Democrats are a big losing party. All of their ideas and all of their governing have been complete disasters. They've completely destroyed the country, and they see it, and they know it's, it's happening. And they're trying to weasel their way out, make everybody feel sorry for them, give them another chance, but that's not how it works. I'm sorry. That's, uh, if the job's too hard for you, then maybe you better step aside and let somebody that's willing to get in there and, and do the hard work and not make excuses, which the Democratic Party has done nothing but make excuses, especially the Biden administration. They're always blaming somebody else. They're not taking responsibility, and it's time for them to go. So, John King, sorry, buddy, but your party is a big failure, and it's time that you're replaced. All right, headline number two. First time since the Civil War, a majority of registered voters in Kentucky lean Republican. From the Courier-Journal, the Democratic Party has dominated Kentucky politics for most of the state's history since the Civil War. But another milestone in its fall and the rise of the Republican Party over recent decades has been reached. Republicans now surpass Democrats in registered voters for the first time. The Kentucky State Board of Election released its new monthly voter registration numbers Friday, showing 1.612 million voters registered as Republicans and 1.609 registered as Democrats. Just 40 years ago, Democrats made up 68% of registered voters in Kentucky, more than doubling the 28% registered Republican. From the Lexington Herald Leader, Republicans currently hold Kentucky's two U.S. Senate seats, five of six congressional seats, supermajorities in the state legislature, and most of the statewide constitutional offices. It reflects the GOP's dominance across rural Kentucky. We are living in an historic moment in the Commonwealth, said Republican U.S. Senate Rand Paul, who is seeking a third term from Kentucky in this year's election. The majority of people in Kentucky realize that their beliefs are best represented by the Republican Party. Okay, so this is a big trend uh, happening all across the country, just not in Kentucky. Kentucky is a harbinger of things to come. We're seeing Hispanics and African Americans coming over in large numbers, Asians. The uh, far left of the Democratic Party has become so extreme that people are running away screaming from their party. All of their wokeism, all their cancel culture, all of their spending and their radical ideas have chased people out of their party in huge numbers, and it's just going to continue until they correct their ship. So this is uh, not unusual. It's not surprising to me that we see this, and it's going to continue as long as the Democratic Party continues to lurch to the extreme left of its party. All right, headline number one, President Biden returns from Middle East trip. NBC, President Joe Biden wrapped up his first presidential trip to the Middle East on Saturday with few clear domestic benefits from a trip that brought widespread criticism back home. Biden received no concrete commitments from Saudi Arabia to increase oil production. The main deliverable 
that could have helped address his biggest domestic challenge of inflation and made no significant progress toward a resolution between the Israelis and Palestinians. While the conversations and face-to-face meetings Biden held in the region may prove to pay dividends over time, he will return to Washington with little to show a domestic audience for whom the number one issue is the economy with competing concerns over, over social issues like abortion, rights, and gun violence. Biden's approval rating has hit the lowest level of his presidency in several surveys less than four months before the midterm elections. Even before Biden set off for the trip to Israel and Saudi Arabia, Democrats had accused him of backing down on his campaign vow to make Saudi Arabia a pariah after the killing of Washington Post columnist Jamal Hasagi. Human rights groups that have pushed for reform in Saudi Arabia said they felt betrayed by the trip. Okay, so uh, Joe Biden's uh, fist bump, I guess, didn't go so well over the American people. And the fact that he didn't bring any goods back, any successes from Saudi Arabia, just tell us that this guy is not up for the job. If anybody saw any of his uh, speeches over there, it, was, it wasn't pretty. This guy has lost his cognitive ability to put sentences together. He's uh, completely out of it. He's got no energy. I think the next thing we need to really consider is somebody to pull the trigger on the 25th Amendment. I hate to say it, but um, this person is not up to the job. His failure on so many different levels has got the lowest, the lowest approval rating in the history of presidents. It's a very serious problem, and this Saudi Arabia trip is really icing on the cake. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Monday, July the 18th. 2022. Thanks for joining us this morning on the Affirm America podcast. Hope you have a great start of the new week and we'll see you tomorrow. Have a wonderful day and God bless you all. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it.